Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast. This is your host, Danny, once again, coming to you with an uplifting message to uh, help encourage you and get you through whatever that might you might be facing. First, I want to tell you that whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Boy, do I got a good one today. I hope that this truly blesses you because have you ever just needed a word from God because of your circumstances and what you've been through and actually because you've been faithful and you've been laboring for the kingdom of God, but you feel along the way that this just ain't, this just ain't working. In other words, I feel like that what I've been doing just doesn't matter. Boy, do I got a person I want to talk about. I want to talk about Elijah. This was a, a man who was full of faith, but he got discouraged along the way. And he needed to hear a word from God because he felt like all he had did was just, was a waste. You know, in other words, he was just, he was down. But you know what God did? God did answer him. And what he found out, that guess what? God just answered him in a whisper, not with a loud voice and just God just is, was very subtle with him. I'm so excited to talk about when you need a word from God and when you have been serving God, you know. So I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know what's going on with you, but I'm praying that God will uh, give you that small whisper that you need to hear today. That's my prayer that God will give you that whisper that you need to hear from him to help you con continue on. And so, you know, uh, I stand in agree with, agreement with you. Whatever you're going with, I want to pray for you. I hope that you send me a prayer request so that we can stay in contact. And like I said, we can have this testimony board and we can talk about what God did. Because when we begin to pray, you know, in Acts chapter 12, we talk about when the people prayed it, Peter was released. So I want you to understand that we have the ability to uh, invoke change. But if you need a word from God, because you feel like that all this has failed and you feel that you, you're alone. But I want you to know you're not alone. God loves you and whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Uh, I just am elated to be able to share this with you today. Uh, what God has placed on my spirit to talk about. Talk about when you just need a word from God because you've been laboring hard and you've been doing what you feel that God has called you to do, but you just feel that Things ain't working out, so I, you know I stand in agreement for you. If you don't have a job at this time, praying that God would open the doorway and give you provisions that He would provide for you and your family, that He would help you along the way, whatever struggles that you're having. If you're having health problems, uh, I, I'm going to I pray healing over your life, asking God to heal you. Uh, if you need financial deliverance, I'm asking God to bless you financially. If you need just peace in your spirit. And if you're hurting and you're missing a loved one, I'm asking God to flood your heart with love because that's what you need. And I want you to know that Danny cares for you. And if you, uh, I want you to know that I'm praying for you and I'm hoping that God will affect change in your life. And so I'm, I'm going to pray. Oh, precious Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for this moment, Father, just to be able to share what you have placed in my heart when you need a word from God, Father, because sometimes you can just be so dogged out and beat down that you just feel that you know the father has forgotten you but remember that the father hasn't forgotten you and that he's just a just an answer away and all we have to do is open our mouth and speak with the power of the dunamis that he has given us in jesus name i pray amen 
Well, I want to let you know today, I'll be reading from the Amplified Bible once again. Uh, and we'll be in 1 Kings, we'll be looking at 1 Kings 17 and 18. And we'll be talking about this man, Elijah. This man who just was doing what God called him to do, but he needed a word because he got discouraged along the way because of time. Sometimes, you know, time can be the... Uh, Biggest thing that we we deal with on earth is time. But remember like this, God is the author of time. So time is not uh, as big as it appears to us in our, in our mindset. And our mindset tells us that time is forever, you know, present. In other words, we feel like we're running out of time. But guess what? If God has a purpose, a plan, and a destiny for your life, you're not going to run out of time because he has plenty of time to, to do what he needs to do for you in this lifetime that you are here. But I'm encouraged to share with you, you know, and once again, I talk about my challenge to read Matthew chapter six, you know, uh, standing, seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, in other words, and not worrying. In other words, being able to trust God in difficult moments and difficult circumstances. How do we do this? You know, how do we know that God cares about us? I'm just going to give you the little secret is it's just, you know, taking time to open the word of God and read the word of God. In other words, I don't expect you to take me by my word. I expect for you to. Research what I'm saying. Say, let's make sure Danny telling us something that's right. Well, it's just really in the Bible, you know, in other words, you know. So I want to encourage you with that. In other words, you know, if you can find that moment, you know, in other words, I'm not telling you to read a whole book. I'm talking about if it's just one verse. I'm talking about you meditate on it. In other words, meditate on something that will uh, give you strength and courage. Make it be your, be your mantle. In other words, let, you know, whatever you're, uh, warning from God. In other words, present it and just meditate on the scripture on it. In other words, and, and see what God do. And like I said, the Bible says in Revelation that we overcome by, uh, by the blood and by the testimony. So we need to have testimonies and we need to share it with the people to encourage people to get them uplift and get them hope in their circumstances, the things that they're going through because uh, we are a body of believers. In other words, we one body with many different parts. You know, I think that that's when you think about that, that's really pretty awesome. You know, how can we be one body with, with, with many different parts, which is true. In other words, you know, we have fingers, we have toes, you know, we have eyes, we have ears, you know, we have. So we are a body of believers, but other than, but mainly we have family. In other words, we're no longer strangers. We're brothers and sisters because we united up under the name of Christ. So I want to encourage you with that, you know, that you, that you are part of a body. In other words, so that means that you're not alone. Just by that self, just knowing you're part of a body, that you're not alone. But, you know, uh, I just want to just encourage you. I want to uplift you, and I just want to be able to share what God has placed in my heart. And like I said, the title of this message is, When You Need a Word from God. And when you need a word from God, this is because, you know, uh, you've been in the battlefield. You know, you've been out here, you know, you laboring, and you, you got this going on. You're trying to be a, a a good mother, a good father, you know, a good wife, a good sister, you know, a good cousin, you know, a good friend, you know, in other words. And so sometimes we need to know that God loves us and how we find that out is just truly just trusting him and, and taking him at his word. In other words, because God is not a man, like I said once before, he's not going to lie. He doesn't have to repent. He's a spirit. And he loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son so that we can live and enjoy life and be able to go out and express ourselves. And, you know, uh, so I just want you to know that today that you're not alone. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind that he, you know, 
he's concerned about everything and he wants us to trust him because like I said in Luke chapter 12 it says that uh, his desire is to, to give us in other words because he knows what we stand in need of so God knows what you're in need of right now he knows and guess what? He's capable and able of doing it. And remember always that God works in impossibilities. In other words, all things are possible for God. But with man, it's impossible. One thing you can, you know, you never know how you're going to change and affect God's uh, mind. You know, if you listen to the last podcast that I had talked about, I talked about how Moses was able to talk to God and not to destroy the people. You know, in other words, to uh, part them. And, and it says, you know, within... That chapter says, guess what it says? And God listened to Moses. And that should, that should just hope that uplift you right there. Just knowing that God listened to Moses. He didn't uh, rebuke him. He listened to him. And he honored what he asked him to do. So if you're in a circumstance where you need to ask God to step into your life and do something for you, don't be ashamed to ask. You know, uh, my favorite saying, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. In other words, uh, if you don't tell nobody, they don't know. In other words, how you feel. In other words, so that's uh, that's that's what I know inside my heart. So let's look at First uh, Kings chapter seventeen, and I'm gonna start at verse one. And once again, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. I would love and hope that you know when you get an opportunity in the moment that you will read First uh, Kings chapter seventeen and eighteen, and we're gonna look at this guy Elijah. In other words, he's 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 gonna do great things. He's in, and he has faith, but guess what? But sometimes we all just need a word from God in the midst of things, when we think things are not the way that they should be. In verse 17, it says, Elijah, the Tishambit, the temporary resident of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, there should not be dew or rain these three years, but according to my words, and the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go from here and turn east. Hide yourself from the brook of Cherith, east of the Jordan. You shall drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Now, if that don't make you move and make you get excited, God said he had commanded the ravens to feed him. So if you want to know how powerful God is, now, uh, he can speak to animals. <laughs> and he can tell them, you know, hey, I want you to feed my man right here. In other words, uh, and it just shows you just the power of God. And also the power of words. Because if you see Elijah, he had spoke to Ahab and told him it wasn't going to rain because of his word. Because God had given him a word to say. And God honored him. And so now just think, if, you, if we had to take the faith, Elijah, he's no one special. He's just, the Bible says in the book of James, he's a man like us, but he prayed earnestly. In other words, that he trusted and he prayed. And what he said, God had brought to pass. So I want to just encourage you, you know, if you're discouraged and you need a word from God, you don't know what to, what to do. In other words, he has a word from you. In other words, and I want you to draw strength off Elijah today. I want you to know that. Elijah uh, was someone just like plain, just me and you. He wasn't no magician. He just was someone who trusted and believed in God. And he spoke. And we can speak to our mountains and make them be removed. 
So never be afraid to speak to your mountain, to speak to the circumstances that are in your life that's coming against you. Uh, and it says, so he did, according to the word of the Lord. He went and dwelt by the brook of the cherub, and east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. Did you hear that? That they just didn't give him something to eat once. They brought him back, you know, they brought him back another meal. In other words, they brought him bread and meat, in other words. And this is, you know, the thing that I want to share with you. Sometimes some of the things that God may have you do is going to take faith. In other words, it took faith to believe that God, what God told him to go to this place and the ravens would feed you. So like this, I want to let you know if God's speaking to you to do something, in other words, and, and you know that it's of God. But, you know, the Bible said, test the spirit and see if it's, what it, if it's real. In other words, if you want to know it's God, see what, see what the spirit is telling you and, and you and you'll find out, you know, in other words, I just want you to know to be obedient to what God calls you to do. Because if you be obedient, the blessing is based upon obedience, not, a, uh, not about anything else, but what you just being obedient to what God has called you to do. And so he was obedient to that. And then it says this, this was a temporary thing because God is all, God is teaching. He's teaching Elijah, I can take care of you. I can take care of you. I want you to hear me again. God is saying, I can take care of you. You're not alone. So whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. So if you feel that you're alone, you're not alone because God is right there with you. He's right there in the midst of your circumstance. He's right there in the midst of your problem. So you're not alone, whatever you may be facing. And so it said after a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. And the words of the Lord came to him. See what? See, when God, the Bible says, God, orders our footsteps. And as you can see, God was ordering Elijah's footsteps along the way. He told him, you know, I want you to go here. And now he's about to give him more instruction. I want you to understand, be obedient to what God is calling you to do and you'll see the blessing behind it. So uh, even if it don't appear that it's working the way that you want it to work, understand it's working out for your good. Because if God is for you, it says in the book of Romans, who can be against you? In other words, I know sometimes you say, man, don't feel like it. But let me tell you, what you, what you don't see is working for your good. Remember, the invisible world is more real than the world that you see. And understand God, is a, he's orchestrating things. He's working things out. In other words, where are you going through it? So in other words, you know, but if you can find in your strength and your heart and mind, just depend upon him and believe in him and what he's saying, You'll see the glory of God moving your life, move over your circumstances. You'll see God prevail. You'll see him prevail in your world, in your world. Now check this out in verse 9. He says, Arise and go to Zabbat, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. See what God said. God, along the way, God has ordered his footsteps. Now he was obedient. He told the king that it wasn't going to rain. Like I said, when God gives you the ability, he'll have you take something right directly to the king. He might, I tell you, he might have you take it to the president. He might, you know, because this is who God is. In other words, when God has you, he has you. Remember when Elijah was talking to Ahab, Ahab was the king, in other words. But he told him, hey, but it's not going to rain. And like I told you, the difference between uh, the Israelites was that uh, in other different kingdoms, kingdoms had a king. 
and he ruled over them. But uh, in Israel, they had a king, but they also had the prophet who represented God's man on the earth. And he spoke for God. So in other words, so Elijah was not an order speaking to the king because he was speaking not on his behalf. He was speaking on God's behalf. So I want you to understand that when the prophet is speaking, he's speaking for God. He's not speaking on his own intuition of his own ability. He's only speaking on what God has given him to speak to the king about. And so, but remember like this, the whole difference with the king in Israel was that uh, they were supposed to understand that the only reason they're in power is because of God. In other words, and when the prophet comes, that he's speaking for God. He's there to give enlightenment. He's there to tell you, hey, this is what you should do because the Lord has said this. So uh, this is the difference, you know, what God was trying to do in the earth with the Israelites. So as we go on, we'll, we'll go to... Uh, Verse 10, so he arose and went to Zerubbabel. When he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her, he said, bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, bring me a morsel of bread in, in your hand. Now this is, this is, this is always the test, it's always a challenge because God is always doing something, you know, uh, in the presence of the situation. And this, is, and this is what happens, and I want you to see it, I want you to get it, I want you to feel it, in other words. Because when God is doing something, God is asking some hard things. In other words, he ain't talking about, uh, and this is what she said, and she said, as the Lord your God live, I have not a loaf baked, but only a handful of meal in a jar, and a little oil in a bottle. See, I'm gathering it, two sticks that I may go in and bake it for me and my son and that we may eat and die. Did you see what God sent her? Because she needed a word from God because she had lost it. In other words, she said, hey, we're just going to go ahead and we're going to eat this and we're going to die. In other words, see, when God is working, he's not just working on one person. He's working on everybody. In other words, see, and if you are, if you if you you are missing, if you don't see it, in other words, you don't see that God is just working on Elijah. He's working on this woman because she's about to go home and just eat this food and call it a life. But that wasn't what God wanted. God wants to do something in her life and in His life at the same time. This is how God is working in multiple things. The only thing God can just do one thing. God can do multiple things at the same time. And I just want to encourage you with that. God can do multiple things at the same time because he's God. Wow, that should bless you right there. And this is what Elijah said in verse 13. Elijah said to her, fear not, go do as you have said, but make me a little cake of it first and bring it to me. And afterward, prepare, prepare some for yourself and your son. For thus say the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of meal should not waste away or the bottle of oil fell until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Woo-wee, what a promise right there. That should get you happy right there. Did you hear what he said? See, he had to give her something to believing in the word that God had gave him to give to her 
hey, we going to eat until it rains. Now, you know, this, you know, the thing about this rain thing, you know, it didn't rain on the earth for like three years, six months, according to the Bible. But God was able to sustain them in this drought just with a jar of meal and some oil. And it wasn't going to run out. Let me tell you something. God is more than enough for me and you today. So if you need a word, I'm just giving you a word. Now, we read this, and this sounds really powerful, but, but guess what? Alone is away, uh, Elijah, he gets discouraged. You know, in other words, we're going to get to that too. We're going to get in the hooks and crooks of that too. In other words, we're going to get to the meat of the subject. And so as we go on, we see that this is happening, that uh, God is moving in the circumstance, in the situation that's happening, that God is doing some things. First of all, God is getting ready to... Uh, feed her and him and her son for a long time because of their faith in him. So I wanted to share that with you. This is what God is getting ready to do for them. He's getting ready to bless them. He's getting ready to move in their circumstances that they are uh, going to see the manifestations of God. So, And as we go on, it says this. She did as Elijah said, and she and her household as for many days, the jar of milk was not spent, nor did the bottle of oil fill, according to the words of the Lord. He spoke through Elijah. And all these things, the son of the woman and the mistress of the house became sick. And his sickness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. See, now it's really getting good now because as we look at this story, we see that God is moving in such a dramatic way that we find out that uh, not only did he have the ravens feed him, then he had her sustain him with the meal and oil. But check this out. Now, it says that her son is with no breath. In other words, it, you know, he's dead. You know, in other words, you know, in other words. So, well, what do they do? And she said, Elijah, what have you against me, O man of God? Have you come to me to call my sins, to remember me, and to slay my son? He said to her, give me your son. And he took him from her bosom and carried him in, into a chamber where he stayed and laid him upon his own bed. And Elijah cried to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, have you brought further calamity upon the widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son. And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray you, let the child's soul come back into him. And the Lord heard Elijah and the soul of the child came into him again. And he revived and Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the cha chambers into the lower parts of the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son is alive. Let me tell you something. This is what I want you to catch about this chapter 17. This woman, even though she saw what God did with the meal and the oil, uh, she still needed to have more confidence in God. There's nothing wrong with you know uh, where she's at. 
But see, she needed to know that God was really real and that this was what God did. And what God did was God used the moment of her son not breathing and being alive to have her have this one testimony. And the woman said to Elijah, by, and the woman said to Elijah, by this, I know you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord is in your mouth is true. See, she was, even though they were eating and, and uh, stuff like that, but she still had a little doubt. So there's nothing wrong with that, but God clarified it because he brought our son back to life. And I want you to get this, because this is what I, what I want you to understand. This is, a, this is a resurrection. And so he brought her son back to life just as Christ. When he went to the cross, he was resurrected. So in other words, that's what I wanted to let you see that right there. But like I said, now we see Elijah. He's a man. He didn't tell the king it ain't going to rain for three years, and it didn't rain. He was fed by the ravens, and him and a woman ate from the mill and oil her and her son. God provided for them. And also, if you notice, it said that he laid across the child three times. You think about think about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's, you know, so it's symbolic. And it was three of them that the eight. You can think about the Trinity and all these things like that. Uh, if they come to your heart and mind, like it come to my heart and mind. But, you know, now it's been such a long time, you know. And now in 18, it says this. After many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the mind. Elijah in the third year saying, go show yourself to Ahab and I will send rain upon the earth. So Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria and Ahab called Obadiah, who was the governor of the house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. But when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took hundreds of prophets and hid them by 50 in caves and fed them bread and water. And, Abraham, and Ahab said to Obadiah, go into the land to all the fountains of waters and all the brooks. Perhaps we may find grass to keep the horses and mules alive that we lose none of the beasts. This famine was so bad in the land, you know, that there wasn't no food on time, but they had to, they trying to keep the animals alive. But, and this was because of the words of life said it wasn't gonna rain because understand this, the only time that God brought judgment upon the church of Israel was based upon disobedience. It was never because he was trying to teach them. In other words, his word was very clear. In other words, if they hastened to him and they followed the, the word that he had, they would have success. The only time that they didn't have success is when they were just in disobedience. I want you to understand that. Uh, so. This is why that occurred to them, in other words, because they were in disobedience. But I want you to understand that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly but all that you can actually think. Remember, God is able to, to do what he needs to do for me and you. And when you need a word, you know, God has a word for you. Like I said, Elijah was a man. He needed a word because, you know, things started getting bad, you know, because, uh, you know, he did so much. And Jezebel, uh, she was Ahab's wife. And she was a wicked woman. And so in other words, so, uh, and she, she was the one who brought this fear to this mighty man of God who knew God and understood who God was and who loved God and trusted God. And so as we look at, as we look at this, and Obadiah was on the way and behold, Elijah met him. He recognized him and fell on his face and said, are you my Lord Elijah? He answered him, it is I, go tell your Lord Behold, Elijah's here. And he said, 
What sin have I committed that you would deliver your servant into the hands of Ahab to be slain? Obadiah, he was, he was, he was scared of Ahab because Elijah told Ahab that it wasn't going to rain. So now, you know, sometimes when God have you do something, it's about faith, it's about trust and belief in him that he's going to prevail in that circumstance. And what happened was he began to prevail. Uh, God was going to prevail, but, you know, sometimes God asks you to do the hard thing, in other words. And that's to trust God, in other words, because God just want to know, hey, do you trust and believe me? Can you think I, you know, you think I can't do what I need to do? And God is able to do all those things that we ask him to do. So I just wanted to encourage you with that and let you know that God is able to do those things that you need him to do. And so, and this is what happened. Uh, and as we go on. As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my Lord has not sent to seek you. <coughs> and when they said he is not here, he took an oath from the kingdom or nation that they had not found you. And now you say, go tell the Lord, behold, Elijah is here. See, now Elijah had to have faith because he had to trust God that God was going to do what he told him to do and be faithful and be obedient to him. What God did, God did show up for him. And, uh, and God showed his mighty power. And so when Ahab saw, I'm, I'm going to skip to verse 17. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Are you he who troubled Israel? And this is what I mean by how the power of prayer works. This one man, uh, people was asking, Are you the one that... Uh, that's just, you know, coming against Israel because uh, he said it wouldn't rain. And Elijah replied, I have not troubled Israel, but you have in your father's house by forsaking the commandments of the Lord and by falling bell. See what I mean when I said that when this happened, this happened not because God, because they were, they were disobedient. They was falling bell, another false God, in other words. And he was falling because his wife, his wife, you know, was leading him straight. And you know, uh, and so when we don't hasten to God, we'll miss the mark with God. And this is what Ahab did. He missed the mark with God. And then it goes on to say this. Therefore, send and gather all Israel, Mount Carmel, and the 450 prophets of Baal, and the 400 prophets of the goddess Asherah, who eat at the queen's Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent to all the Israelites and assembled the prophets at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, how long will you have and limp between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I only remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal, Prophets are 450 men. Let two bill bulls be given, given us. Let them choose one bull for themselves and cut into pieces and lay it on wood. But put no fire to it. I will dress the other bull and lay it on wood and put no fire on it. Then you should call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And one who answers, fire, let him be God. 
And all the people answered, it will is well spoken. So Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourself, dress it first, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire on it. So they took the bull and gave them and dressed it and called on the name of Baal from morning to noon, saying, O Baal, hear us and answer us. But there was no voice. No one answered. Answered there. There was no voice, no answer. And they leaped upon or limped about the altar they had made. And at noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Crown aloud, for he is a God. Either he is musing or he has gone aside or he is on a journey. Perhaps he's asleep. It must be awakened. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their custom with knives and lances until blood gushed out upon them. Midday passed and they played the part of prophets until time for offering the even sacrifice. But there was no voice, no answer. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. All people came near to him. And he replied, O altar of the Lord has been broken down by Jezebel. Then Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came saying, Israel should be your name. And when the stones, Elijah built an altar in the name of the Lord, self-revelation of the Lord. He made a trench about the altar as great as wood contained two measures of seeds. He put wood in order and cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood and said, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it the third time. The water ran about the altar and filled the trenches also with water. And at that time of offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah, the prophet came near and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant, that I have done all these things at your word. Now I want you to get this. This, this Elijah was doing something so powerful. In other words, remember it hadn't rained, so it wasn't no water, you know? So him asking him to, to do all this water stuff was a sacrifice among the people. It was an offering, in other words, that they, you know, in other words, that hurt it because they didn't know how they was gonna get no more. So in other words, so sometimes God will put you in a circumstance where, you, where you're challenged, you know, with doing something that seems, uh, uh, might be seen impossible, even something might seem ridiculous to do, but they were able to listen and do what the man of God asked. But I want you to see what he said. He, in verse 37, he said, hear me, O Lord, hear me that these people may know that you, the Lord, are God, and have turned their hearts back to you. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust, and also licked up the water. 
that was in the trenches. You see that? God came through in a mighty way. And the difference with his sacrifice was he made the, he, he done trenches and he filled it with water. He, they led theirs on wood. Uh, all he did just spoke God's word and asked God and God did what he wanted to do so. He got a word from God, but guess what? Now, this sounds really great, you know, how all this stuff was going, but guess what? He was going to end up being challenged. I know I said that we was going to be looking at chapter 7 and 18, but we're also going to look at chapter 19 because 19 goes into this thing where uh, now he is challenged to trust and believe in God because uh, he's seen all these great things for God. But, you know, in this chapter 18, it says that he sees these prophets and he, he, slay, he slays them, slays them. He, he does all these things to them. And then this is what in verse 41, because I'm for the sake of time. And Elijah said to Ahab, go up and eat and drink, for there's a sound of abundance of rain. Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. And he bowed himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And his servant, go up and now look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. Elijah said, go again seven times. And on the seventh time, the servant said, a cloud as a small as a man's hand is arising out of the east. And Elijah said, go up, say to Ahab, hitch your chariots and go down. At least the rain stops you. In a little while, the heavens were black with wind, swept sweep clouds, and there was a great rain. Ahab, Ahab went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. He girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel, nearly 20 miles. So this, way, this is some supernatural things that God was doing. First of all, the servant went back. You know, sometimes when we pray, I want to say we got to press, we got to press through when we pray. So Elijah said he prayed. He told his servant to go back seven times. And then when it's the seventh time, the servant saw a fist the size of a man's head, which was a cloud, which symbolic meant that uh, that cloud that was going to rain. So if you think about it, you imagine this, that the cloud had to look dark, in other words, so it had to look like it was going to rain. And, but because of that, all Elijah said, was he knew that it was God and he received it was God and he was ready. And it says that, you know, he told Ahab to go and the rain came. In other words, God was faithful to Elijah. And we see first of all, like I said, in 17, we see how the ravens fed him and how him and the woman, how, how son ate from the mill and had the oil. We see how God raised the son up. And now we see in, uh, 18 how uh he you know he defeats these prophets and you know slay them and how he was able to speak to the sacrifice and god licked up the sacrifice the you know the ward and everything in other words and then it rains for him now you would say oh wow this is so much but the finale is in uh first kings 19 and i'm gonna share it with you so you can see it uh 
Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, how he had slain all the prophets of Baal. This is in chapter 19. With the sword, then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the God do to, do to me and more also, if I make not your life as the life of one of them by, to, by tomorrow time. Now she said, I'm going to kill you. And now this, this man had, you know, just did all these great things for the kingdom of God. He's seen all the stuff that God had done, you know, with the raven with being fed and, you know, with the rays of the sun, God bringing water and stuff like this. And this is what it says in, in chapter 19, verse 3. Then he was afraid and rose and went for his life and came to Beersheba in Judah, over 80 miles out of Jezebel's realm and left his servant there. But he himself went on a day's journey in the wilderness and came and sat down under a loom broom or a Jupiter tree and asked that he might die. He said, it is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am no better than my father. You talking about being depressed. You say, man, how did this man get so depressed like this all of a sudden? How did he get to the point where he is so discouraged that he's seen God do all these great things and now he's like ready just to die is because he didn't hear from God. And so sometimes we have to learn how to depend upon God and he was dependent upon God. And so he was afraid. In other words, he was a man. He was, what God is really showing us about Elijah, that he was human. And sometimes we don't realize that uh, it's all right to have, to have them ha things happen because we have to learn how to depend upon God. But God was so good to him, you know, because God loved him. But God had a plan for his life. And God, you know, this is what it says, as he laid asleep under the broom, of the Jupiter tree. Behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. He looked and behold, there was a cake bake on the coals and a bottle of water at his head. And he ate and drank and laid down again. Then the angel Lord came a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is, is too great for you. So he rose and ate and drank. And he went into the, he went in the strength of that food 40 days and nights to Horbert, the Mount of God. Now, you see how the ravens fed him twice, and you see how his angel come and fed him because God is getting ready. Remember, I told you about the 40, 40 days testing. You know, it deals with being tested by God and being, you know, uh, going through some things. And then he came to a cave and lodged in it, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your, your covenant and thrown down your altars and killed your prophet with the sword. And I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. See how he felt? He felt he was the only one. He didn't think that nobody else cared about the Lord the way he cared about God, but he was wrong. And God is going to point out to him that, you know, hey, I got some faithful people, not just you, but other people who trust me and believe in me and are not going to bow down to uh, unreal God. 
And it goes on and said, and he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by a great and strong wind, rent the mountains and broke it into pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind and after the earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake and the fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of a gentle stillness and a still small voice. Did you hear that? It says that in the stillness, a small voice, you know, when you need a word from God, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind at the same time. I just want just to lay that out there and keep putting that out there into your spirit. When Elijah heard the voice, he wrapped his face in his mantles and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because of the Israelites have forsaken your covenant and thrown down your altars and slain your prophet with the sword. And I only am left. They seek my life to destroy. And the Lord said to him, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazael, king of Samaria, Assyria, and anoint Jehu, the son of Nishman, to be king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, the son of Shephat, to be prophet in your place. And him who escapes from the sword of Ahazel and Jehu shall slay. And him who escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha shall slay. Yet I will leave myself 7,000 Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, every mouth that has not kissed him. And so, you know what? This is what God did for Elijah, so you can see. God only, not only did he answer him, but God gave him a companion. Because next he's going to, you know, he's going to meet this Elisha. Elisha's going to be, uh, he's going to take care of him. Uh, he's going to be that man that uh, he's going to take what God has poured into Elijah. He's going to pour into Elisha. And so in other words, so this is what I want you to understand. That God is with you when you feel that you haven't heard from it. Uh, God can have you do great things and then, you know, he might be silent, but God hasn't forgotten you. What you have, always have to remember is what God is. You have to trust God in the midst of quietness. Or even, especially in the midst of when you feel that he's active in your world, always trust in God and believe that he has a plan for your life. Just stay focused and meditate on his work at the end of the day. But I want to just to uh, share this with you. And I'm about to close this uh, show out. And I want to just pray for you once again. And remember, whatever's on your heart and mind is on, heart, on God's heart and mind. And thanks for listening to the show. You are not alone. I'm your host, Danny Hampton. Let's close out in prayer. Oh, precious Father, I just thank you for today. I pray, Father, that you bless your people, that your word would be effective, that it would penetrate their hearts, that you would turn their lives around, that you would give them their hearts desire, Father. And those who need a word from you, Father, that you have a word from them. When you need a word from God, he has a word. Thank you, Father, for your word today. Thank you, Father, for the show. And we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.